You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hot Take Hot Box episode 47 of this illustrious podcast. I thank you again, as always, for joining me. My name is Matt McSweeney. Coming off of a Eagles defeat at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, a game that somehow looked better than I guess any of us could have ever imagined. Uh, I don't even a twelve point. I don't know. Differing opinions may be, but my opinion is of I some that somehow looked better, at least offensively, than I ever thought it could have. Chiefs win forty-two to thirty. Have their way with our defense. Mahomes throws five touchdowns. They pick up two hundred yards. On the ground, 271 through the air. Mahomes did throw an interception to Eric Wilson, but what are the big, I guess, takeaways? I'm not, you know, we obviously all watch the game. We all have our, I can go through every score and the field goals. And what, 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 what overall do I feel? Let's start with, let's start with Jalen Hurts. Jalen looked much better. Now, you know, actually, let's, let's go to, Sirianni because I think it all it's obviously all connected but I believe Sirianni's at the top of the food chain so let's talk about him he did I think he's game plan and the way he called the game was much better he kept a lot of the plays close to the line of scrimmage he wasn't asking Jalen Hurts to air the ball out or make these deep throws down the field Uh, it's seemingly what killed us in the in the cowboy game he kind of kept it simple you could say early on in the game, and it, it worked. A lot of screens, a lot of a lot of RPOs, and a lot of getting the ball out very quick, which obviously is beneficial for the quarterback, especially since our offensive line is a little shaky. All of that goes into consideration. He's a young quarterback. You don't really want, you know, obviously he's shown he's not really great making progressions. All that, okay, it all goes into the equation. I thought. He, he, you know, I just think he put Jalen Hurts in a much better position to succeed this week, as opposed to what has been going down or what's been, you know, what's been happening these last couple weeks. Last week in Dallas, obviously, was a shit show, and two weeks ago in the second half of the 49er game, it seemed like our offense was absolutely unable to move and just useless. So it was good to see, you know us actually look like a competent NFL football team. It's just what we begged for and asked for before the game, and it is good that we got it. We're obviously not on the level. We never pretended to or thought we were on the level of a Kansas City Chiefs or the you know upper class, the upper echelon of this NFL. But, again, we wanted to see a competent NFL football team. We wanted to see a game. We wanted to... Be you know be in it in in the fourth quarter or you know at least look like we just showed some fight and I thought we showed some fight. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. You know I mean Jalen Hurts was not perfect. Uh, his numbers were very good if you look just on the on the surface of three eighty seven thirty two for forty eight two touchdowns no picks, which I thought he made very good decisions with the ball. He threw it away when he needed to. For for the most part, obviously you know he missed a couple of throws. I thought. People were shitting on him for the Ertz in the end zone. I don't really, you know, obviously he could have maybe made a better throw, but Ertz, was, I thought, was, you know, I thought it was pass interference also. So I'm not going to really hold it against anyone too much there. I mean, Ertz is getting older. They're, you know, there was talk at the house I was at. They were saying, oh, you know, he's, he's old. He's old. He, he would have made that catch a couple years ago, which is probably right. But 
I have found it fascinating how much we're seeing of Ertz and how it seems like they're like featuring him in the offense, like 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 the old days when you have another tight end that you're supposedly ready to you know build on, and you you were already ready to move on from Zachary. So maybe they're trying to build his trade stock or whatnot and get ready to move move on from him at some point. Seems like there's going to be some guys on this team right now that they're you know the Eagles has, at some point this season before the trade deadline are going to have to think about moving on from Fletcher Cox being at the very top of that list. So there, there. This is going to be a, a another roller coaster sort of sports season for you know for everyone out there who's a four for four. They just got done watching the Phillies. These Eagles, there might not be many highs, but it, it seems like it's just going to be a uh, you know a take it on the chin week to week sort of situation where we're going to be struggling to stay in some of these football games, especially with the upper echelon in the NFL and. We're not a lock to win anything, any sort of game or any such, you know, anything right now. It's a long ways away from that week one win against the Falcons, where we were ready to cut loose and get all behind this team. And obviously, they've shown you that they are not worthy of that sort of adoration and support, or not, not, you know what I mean. Though they're not, you know, I'm not gonna get behind a team that I know is eventually gonna win. They're gonna go three and fourteen, or four and whatever but looks like we're setting ourselves up for a good draft pick not only with our, with ourselves but the Miami Dolphins keep losing the Colts uh, and Carson Wentz they won yesterday but you know it's all about the snaps there and it seems like that you know they already have three losses so things couldn't be doing much better for the Eagles in their drafts draft situation and the potential of having three top 10 picks and maybe you could go and get that quarterback that you're thinking about or build the team through the draft or, you know, if, if you want to go up and get Thibodeau or something like that, if maybe, you know, if you think he's the big piece, the Chase Young of the draft that somebody maybe would even want to move back because you have two top 10 picks that you could give them or, you know, possibilities are endless for the Eagles. It's just, it's hard when you're in it. We knew before the season that we were going to kind of be in a sort of, uh, lull waiting period, uh, bad year, and then next year, you know, when the Carson money starts to go away, and we have more free agent, you know, or cap room and capital to go and get free agents and build this team and more draft picks, and you know, obviously we don't trust the guy making the picks, but on the surface, you're just hoping that you know the best case scenario happens for the team that you root for. I gotta hope that this team makes the right decision. That they go out, they draft the best possible player, they fill all the holes that are necessary to be filled, and we just continue to grow. And I, I, I the optimistic part of me wants to, can see a sort of vision or a light at the end of the tunnel where this team is quickly turned around next year, and we are a very competent, good football team. It seems like they're the quarterback situation. If it's not hurts. Who would it be? Would they draft a quarterback next year? They would definitely have the possibility to. I think with one of those th- uh, first-round picks, they would wind up selecting a quarterback. Because it, it seems by the time the draft comes around, there's always three or four guys, whether good, you know, good, right, or wrong, that are eligible or thought of possibility to be picked in the first round, and even even as high as we are. I don't know if the Sam Howells of the world or the Matt Corrals or the, the, the all these names that you'll hear the Carson Strongs uh, 
really will make you better than Jalen Hurts. And obviously, the good thing about this as well is you're going to get 15, however many games, 14 more games. I think we're what? No, this is we're through four games so far. So we will. How about the math section of this? Uh, we're going to have 13 more games. So yeah, we have 13 more games to see Jalen Hurts. See how good he is. See if he's the kind of guy that you can build around. The thing I I see from Jalen Hurts so far, just four games in, is he is not a guy who will necessarily win you a Super Bowl, but he won't uh, lose you the, the Super Bowl. If that makes sense, like he's not he's not making your team worse, just as much as he may not be making your team better right now today. I mean, he does. Uh, he's an I, I, I struggle to say game manager because he's not. He's much better than that, but I just think he is limited in his skill set and throwing the football. And I think they would unlock a different level of his, of this offense and his skill set. I feel if they would just use the fucking run game and they refuse to use the run game. I don't care if you want to use Gainwell or you hate Sanders. He doesn't run through the tower, whatever the thing with Sanders is, get rid of him then. You know, like uh, you're have, you have a young guy like that sitting on your team that you've been kind of, telling us that he's you know this guy's awesome this this guy's one of the top 10 you know top 10 guys in the league not not necessarily that the Eagles are saying this but like you know the fans and we're just led to believe that this guy could be a a legit not maybe I mean obviously not a three down backer I don't know man maybe they would fucking use the guy they don't use him at all I mean you get seven carries this this week coming off of his two carry performance last week and he didn't do much in this game but they they don't even they, they strictly use game well and they throw him in there to throw the ball and whatnot. So if they don't like him, I think they should just try and maybe get something for him, get something for the, some of these other guys and just go roll, roll with the young guys, go continue to grow and just draft the guys you want, build the team with the guys you want, whatnot. But I just don't see the point in having him if you're not going to use him or, or let, let him, let him catch the ball every once in a while or run it up the middle, actually line up in a, you know, under center and hand the ball off to him. I, you, I, they don't do any of that. I, I just, you know, I understand it's we're kind of like a college spread offense sort of little, you know, with the options and it's kind of gimmicky. It really is because it's a lot of bubble screens and this screen and tight end screens and coming back and kind of pick plays and our single white sides playing a ton just to fucking block out there. If he comes in the game, it, scouting report just should let you know. I mean, eventually he's just going to get, he's going to beat somebody over the top. They're going to fake them out and running them into the game to block for people for like six straight weeks so eventually they'll probably go over the top of them he'll hit a big play for a touchdown but I, I know I kind of just went on the tangent there but in the red zone too the red zone has been horrible and I think that main the main culprit of that and the main cause of it is the fact that they won't they will not run the ball down there he won't run the ball on first or second down in in the in the red zone and there'll be situations where they have first and goal in the three yard line and nothing goes up the middle, which I maybe they're just that bad up the middle, but it, it, you can't be an NFL team and continue to get bullied or be scared to run the ball up the middle the way people run the ball right down our fucking throats. So if we're gonna play scared all year and we're gonna have these little we're gonna have this gimmick offense and I, I like I, I gave them credit earlier, but I'm just saying this you know you can't run bubble screens and slants and all just the same plays over and over again all year all year long kind of like Chip Kelly did, you have to fucking grow. You have to 
add different elements of the offense, and you can't not you can't not run the ball, and especially not run the ball down in the red zone. That will continue to kill them all year long because Jalen Hurts is a great quarter, you know, not a great quarterback, but he he's a young guy, and he's you know you have to help him out in any way you can. He obviously missed that Greg Ward throw down in the red zone. People were saying Greg Ward should have caught that, and it was in his hands. Maybe, but I, I, I completely disagree. That guy was wide open. All he had to do was put it anywhere closer to him, and that's a touchdown. But he, he missed the throw. He just you know, floated out there a little too far to the right. It happens. It's not a horrible thing. And it's not a horrible thing to admit when Jalen Hurts makes a mistake. It's not the end of the world. I, you know, you're not just going to, oh, he's not, he's not the guy. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He, you know, look, look, he missed that throw. He missed that throw. It doesn't really matter. You know, maybe if this continues and this is still happening in week 15, yeah, I will feel differently. But he showed me from last week to this week, both he and Sirianni, that they grew a little bit. They, this, league, this week was better than the last week. And next week, I'm hoping that they can continue to build on what they did this week. But I obviously still have, you know, like I just labeled, I have my concerns. Want to see some more running? If you're going to run these two tight end sets, you might as well run the ball. Maybe run the ball up the middle. Uh, maybe that, if that's asking too much, maybe we can get some, you know, Lane Johnson didn't play this past week. Maybe we can get, you know, a, a couple of our offensive line guys back and we can start to, uh, you know, I, I just really, really have been disappointed with his, I've been disappointed with his unwillingness to run the ball. And I like how they're using Gamewell. I like the throwing. I like Gamewell has shown that he's very useful and he's could be, he's a piece that you could have around and and grow with, you know, like. Uh, it's, it's shocking though that they, you know, you haven't seen Boston Scott at all after they kind of used him a lot in the preseason, which goes to show you that the preseason doesn't really matter. But I understand because Gamewell kind of does the same thing and does it better than what Boston Scott did. But I just don't understand the not using any of the running backs at all. Jordan Howard's still on this team. Boston Scott, like these guys are on the team. They don't use them. They don't use Miles Sanders. They basically are just throw it when because it seems to me like they're going to be down in a lot of games so game well is going to be in there game well is going to be getting a lot of the a lot of the passing down work so if you're just going to move forward with game well get rid of the other guy while you can get something for him maybe he can go to another team i don't know what you could get for him if i don't know what his value is i don't know what any of these other guys values is i just think you got to get something for a guy before he's worthless or before you get nothing for him, when he just walks in free agency or whatever's going to happen. But I'm just really just irks me when we have guys on our <clears throat> on our roster and in our organization that we don't use. We just let them rot on the bench, or I don't know. He he comes in the game and he's just very he's very ineffective. I'm not I'm not saying it's it's like he's blameless or he if you put him in he would go off, but. It, I just think you, your your offense is kind of one dimensional or going to be easy to stop when you actually. I mean, because Kansas City's defense is not good, their offense is is out of this world. But the defense, it's very easy to score points on, and we kind you know we scored a lot. Hurts with the fumble. There was a couple of mistakes, obviously, that he made. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go all back into that. We kind of you know I'm I'm, I'm walking my way out of the mud as we speak. And we got Carolina this upcoming week in Carolina. 
definitely have more of a chance of winning that game. But the Panthers are coming off of a loss. They've looked good. Sam Darnold has looked good. No McCaffrey. So, I, you know, it, it's a game that you feel much better about than you did against Kansas City. And based off how they played this past week, I do feel better. But not even, you know, the sad thing is it's kind of like, uh, not, not in the similar, but where you would watch the Sixers games back in the process days and just kind of watch them to see if anyone was getting better or what, you know, something to get excited about or something to build on. In the process days, there wasn't much to build on and you would create these fake players like KJ McDaniels and Tony Roten that you thought would be the net, you know, this look at when, wait till Embiid, wait till we have him next to KJ Daniels and, Oh my God, Tony Roden going lefty off the glut. Like you, 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 you become dis, uh, delusional, and you just convince yourself that some of these guys are going to be the truth, or you're going to be able to build off of these guys. And you know, it's not, it's not real. It's not kind of like the preseason. It's not real. It's not real football. These guys, it doesn't translate necessarily. Not, not to say, it doesn't you know? Obviously, it doesn't mean if you play well in the preseason that you suck. Like, oh yeah, he's not. It's better that you play well than you don't, but. I digress. Quickly wanted to talk about some of the games from this past weekend. Just quickly wanted to run through um, Barkley and the Giants get their first win of the season on a Saquon Barkley touchdown in overtime against the New Orleans Saints, who have come crashing down to earth after their 38-3 victory on opening weekend. Bills absolutely destroy the Texans. Davis Mills is... Well, he is what we thought he was. God damn it. Uh, Dallas gets it done against uh, the Sam Darnold boys. Uh, not much to say here. I mean, Dallas is going to win this division more than likely. Uh, I, You know, I, not only I, but many people in the city underestimated how good the Cowboys would be this year. How much of a leap they would take. How much of a difference Dak Prescott would be. All of it. You know, they're running the ball well. They're just... Dak's doing everything that's necessary to win games. I mean, he only threw for 188 yards, but like I said, you don't need to really throw that much when your team's running. I mean, Zeke had 143. Pollard had 67. Dak ran for 35 when he needed to. Mari Cooper got banged up again. CeeDee Lamb with a bad game again. So interesting, you know, fantasy-wise for those guys out there. But Dallas looks like a problem, and if you can't stop Zeke, you can't stop that run game. It's going to be a long, long day. Browns get it done against the Vikings in a real ugly game. Didn't obviously didn't get much to see. Didn't get to see much of these, but had the other TV on for the old uh, red zone just to, just to keep up with the fantasy and keep up with what's going on in the NFL. I kind of talked about it a little bit. Colts get it done against the Dolphins. Let's check a little Carson stats with a two twenty eight for two touchdowns, no interceptions. He did not fumble either. Wow, look at that. Carson with a nice game. Jonathan Taylor runs for 103. Miami is just kind of ineffective with Jacoby. Didn't turn the ball over, but uh, and, and couldn't run run the ball. I think that's big thing, man. People kind of just forget about that. If you're not able to run the ball, you put it all on the quarterback, who's not you know obviously he's not a starter. He's not the upper echelon in the league. Then it'd be a long fucking game, man. You're asking a lot of these guys. Jets get their first win against the Titans, who had both their wide receivers out. Knew this was kind of a trap game for them. It, 
saw a lot of people trying to throw them in their parlays with a little minus 300, minus 400 shout out to Nelson, but it, you know, it, it's it's a dangerous game when you're going on the road and you have guys hurt and it's still professional football. You any any given day anybody can get got. It's kind of why I talk about the Eagles. It's going to, you know, we're not going to we're not going to be a lock to win any games, but at, on the any given Sunday mentality, we could win a, a few here and there. Carolina uh, coming this weekend. It's definitely a we could win. I don't think we're going to win, but you know, uh, it's not good that they just lost. I never like teams coming off a loss because it seems like they go back in the building, they get their hands dirty, and they fucking figure it out and fix everything. But Lions lose to the Bears. Justin Fields. Something in me just wanted to say Jason Fields, which I don't know. Mrs. Fields. She'd be making the cookie stretch. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't have much to say. I, I, I don't know why I'm going through these games like I really have these overarching takes. The Bears and Lions game is a game that doesn't even have any real fantasy value. I mean, David Montgomery got hurt, but I don't really want anyone on either one of these teams. I mean, Swift still. Let's see what Hawkins, I, Hawkinson. It's kind of just tough. You're Hawkinson, four for 42. The tight end is just such a boomer bust position. They either catch three touchdowns in a game or... They they got two for fifteen yards and no touchdowns and they they got you know got got your team three point four or five or whatever and you're sick about it. Speaking of your tight end getting you nothing, I started Logan Thomas this week and this guy fucking gets hurt in the first week you know first possession of the game. Same with DJ Chark in, in Jacksonville or in Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Jacksonville game on Thursday. Absolutely brutal when these guys get hurt. Uh, you know, right at the start, man. Get no chance, no chance of even just getting a, a quick couple catches and then getting hurt. Little bit of production, no. That guy's hurt. He's done for the game. There's nothing you can do about it. You're taking a zero. Might as well have just started no lineup or whatever. You know, started a blank fucking tight end. Cardinals remain undefeated. Beat the Rams. Huge game for them. I mean, that's a that's a huge game for the NFC West and just how good the NFC West is this year, man. It's unbelievable. Huge game for like the the Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Who, if I'm sitting here right now, dude, he's definitely in position to win the fucking MVP if they keep if they keep it going the way it is. But let's keep it moving. I mean, the Cardinals, they don't, you know, they, their offense is so powerful, and they have a defense now where they have guys on the line that can definitely make an impact, get inside and and put pressure on your quarterback, which will always keep you in these games and equalize a lot of, you know, maybe blemishes that you may have for, for the other parts of your defense. Seahawks get it done against the 49ers. Garoppolo gets hurt. We get to see Trey Lance for the first time in regular season, some serious regular season action. He didn't look that bad from the parts that I saw. You know, he had two touchdowns, nine for 18. His stats look good. Ran the ball a little bit, so... We'll see if he maybe he's he gets another week here. Same thing in, in Chicago. They're going to start the old guy in Andy Dalton. To keep saying that whenever he comes back, it's his team, and I assume they'll do the same thing for Garoppolo. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know why. Well, why you would or why you wouldn't? Uh, from what I saw, you just why not go to the kid? He looks incredible. I think he gives your offense a totally different dynamic and makes it way more potent than it has been. Why not? But obviously, I'm just a guy doing a podcast, and Kyle Shanahan knows more. But 
Play the kid, man. Play the kid. Uh, Steelers lose to the to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the boys kind of coast through another another victory. Ben still hurt. Doesn't look. They didn't look horrible. I, I see a lot of people talk of Ben's demise, but maybe that's just because they're not used to the Steelers being a one in three team. Steelers, you know, they got Denver next week coming to town. So Denver's not Denver's not exactly an easy opponent, but. Their offense is not exactly potent, and their defense is good. Obviously, led by Vic Fangio and whatnot. But I think it's a winnable game for the uh, Steelers. Uh, I'm just gonna—I'll leave it at that for uh, all my Steelers fans out there listening. I think the Steelers can win next week. So rest assured, don't be too worried. But the Ravens take care of business against the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt; he got concussed at a certain point. We saw a lot of Drew Lock. It just—you know—Broncos kind of had a soft schedule to begin with. Now they're now they're going to start to get to the little bit of the meat and potatoes of their of their uh, schedule. So next week will be a a big a big game for both of those teams, Broncos and Steelers, kind of on the opposite side of things. One trying to prove prove that they're legit, and one trying to prove that they're not absolute scum uh, scum bucket. So Brady at the Brady Bowl, the Goat Bowl, that was the Sunday night game, Buccaneers Patriots. Uh, I watched the whole thing. That that is a game that I was going to sit and be very astutely attentive to. I don't know if that even makes sense, but the game I say I would say lived up to the hype. Uh not Brady and the whole offensive end of it, but it rained. It was a nasty football game. A lot of defense. A lot of just, you know, people grinding it out. Mac Jones looked every bit the part. He looks legit, man. Knew where the ball needed to be. Made a couple mistakes but got away with them. Brady just did what he had to do. I mean, it was pouring. It was ugly. It was tough to, you know, move the ball through the air effectively and efficiently. So it became a kicker fest and came down to the very end. The Patriots had a kick at it. 54-yarder, I believe, for Nick Folk, and he hit it off the left upright, and he missed. Buccaneers got it done. Brady wins his first game in New England. And, you know... Obviously, I don't think if you're going to make a whole huge narrative or say who won this battle or who looked better, I don't think anyone really looked better. It was kind of just showed you how good both of them are, how much of a a mastermind defensively that Bill Belichick was. He pulled out all the stops to try and slow Brady down. He did. I still think if it, you know, Brady would have probably put some numbers up if it was a game in, say, Tampa Bay in perfect weather. But that was your games for this week. Chargers got it done on Monday night also against Oakland. Not much to say there. Eckler looked great, of course. Herbert pushing the ball around all over the place. They look like a tough team. If you're going to talk about legit and teams that are tough, Raiders I was always kind of skeptical of. They, you know, Their defense is a little shoddy. The offense isn't necessarily dependable. They don't really have playmakers on the outside other than Henry Ruggs. Chargers have playmakers on both sides of the ball. You got Der- you know, the Derwin Jameses and the Joey Boses of the world playing for your defense. And then, you know, you like I just said on the other side, you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, even Jared Cook going down the middle, catching big, big-time touchdowns in the back of the end zone. So they're a tough team. There, I, I will be very curious to see what they look like against the upper echelon in the NFL. They play the Browns next week. 
and they even have the Eagles at some point during this season. So that that'll be an opportunity for them to just fucking run their numbers up against our our trash can ass defense. But you know, I digress as I said. So that that's your NFL breakdown. Uh, college football this past weekend. Uh, I did talk about it on Friday, so I guess I'll continue the conversation. A couple of the big games didn't really live up to be big games in the SEC with the chalk taking care of business in Georgia and Alabama. Notre Dame did did not get it done. They fell short. I could talk to you for 20 minutes on the reasons why they came up short. They just shot themselves in the foot over and over again. Talk about a muffed, a muffed uh, punt. Right on your 10-yard line, gave them an easy walk-in touchdown. You throw two picks. Jack Cohn was driving into the end zone and threw a pick. And Tyler uh, Tyler Buchner threw another pick, which was horrible on our own in our own uh, territory, right on the 10, 20-yard line situation. So gave them another walk-in touchdown. So, you know, mistakes were made. We deserved to lose that game. As a Notre Dame, uh, you know, I'm not going to say super fan, but I'm a big fan. Of of the Irish and uh, I watched I watched their every football game of theirs probably since at least the Brady Quinn days when I was a wee lad. I just love the Irish; it's in my blood, so I, I I can't help it. I love the tradition. I love everything about it. So it hurts when you come up short against a a program and a team like Cincinnati. They're a good team. They're better than us. They have a better quarterback. They have just a better overall program, right? Not even necessarily program, but their team this year is better than ours. It's pretty uh, remarkable that Brian Kelly, you know, even after year after year, we kind of lose these guys into into the NFL, and it seems like we continue to replace for the most part. You know, our offensive line has is the worst this year than it's been in, in many years. And when you know you have three quarterbacks playing in all these games, you nest, you know, I think there's a saying that if you have two or three quarterbacks, then you have no quarterbacks. Because, you know, there's only one that gets to play. So us not being able to uh, make the right decision at quarterback, go with someone that we can trust that can do multiple things because it seems like Jack Cohn is only a thrower. He can't move. Well, it's not that he seems. He's only a thrower of the football. He can read the defense, and he's a very good mind, kind of very similar to Tommy Reese, but he can't move at all. And then Tyler Buchner's out there, and he, you know, I, you know, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to, I'm breaking into hardcore Notre Dame talk, but Tyler Buchner can't really throw the ball. He's much more of a runner, and you can blame the offense. They, they, they just kind of force feed him to run QB draws. You bring in Drew Pine, and he's the best combination of them both out there looking like a fucking small version of Baker Mayfield. So maybe that guy should have been playing the whole time. Who knows? Probably don't win the game either way. So shout out to Cincinnati and Desmond Ritter. Uh, he, he is pretty good. He missed some throws. I wasn't that impressed, to be honest, but you know, good luck to them. They will lose at some point, though. Uh, and I honestly don't say that with much hate. I thought I was going to hate them afterwards if they, but I just didn't care. Like, I, I just thought we're, we're a, you know, we, we, we lost that game more than they just beat us and routed us. So we have no one to blame but ourselves. Brian Kelly continues to hurt our program in some of these bigger games. Whatever, I'm not even. I don't even know who makes the decision on the quarterback. Whatever, fuck, uh, fuck the Notre Dame talk. It's over. Good season, boys. Uh, they'll they'll continue to play. They might get a bowl game against who knows or I don't know how long this. You know, they I I still think they could win the rest of their games. 
they're not going to make the playoff. Obviously, I don't want to make the playoff because we get smoked by Georgia or Alabama. So it's a good. It it was a good run of undefeated. It was good to keep it alive for a little bit, and now we move on. Quickly though, the Phils did finish their season, eighty-two and eighty, missing the playoffs. Final standings in the old. Uh, you know, let's just check the old. Major League Baseball standings to end the season. The Phillies ended up six and a half games behind the Atlanta Braves. They went to the division with 88 games. The only thing more disappointing than us is the fact that the Mets only won 77 games. They should be fucking ashamed of themselves. But that's at least the good thing is they're the only team that has way bigger problems than us. I mean, they have better players, but also like, what does it matter when you're still that bad? Phil's finish eight games out of the wild card. So it, it it really fell apart there at the end. They lose two or three to the Marlins. Bryce Harper probably should win the MVP like we talked about here. If you really want a whole Philly season breakdown, you can go and listen to the 2021 Phillies eulogy featuring me and Derek the Deem Maria. So there's a quick cheap plug. But Cardinals and Dodgers will play in the wild card. Yankees and Red Sox will play in the wild card. Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball playing, you know, on paper the best team in baseball. So that is a very intriguing matchup. I'm not here, you know, I'm not here to tell you who's going to win. I, I'm, I'll give you picks. I probably would pick the Dodgers just because I just, I think they, you know, there's no way. It, it just, no way they spend all that money and come up short like that. The uh, Unbelievable by the fighting Caplers to win 107 and beat the Dodgers who win 106 in a division, which... I don't know how many times that's happened, or I'm sure baseball historians could tell you. Peter Gammons will roll over and tell you how many games the 35 fucking Yankees won, whatever. But you know what I mean. Padres are another team, came up short, big expectations before the season. They just, you know, disappointing. We'll talk, you know, and like I said, if you really want a Phillies breakdown to go and talk, or, go, you know, to hear about what the Phillies should do next or what went wrong this season and. What are we going to do with some prospects? And who do you expect to be on the team next year? That's all in the last podcast. Uh, you should go back and listen. You got the Astros and White Sox playing each other. You have the Braves and the Brewers playing each other. You'll have the Rays playing the winner of the uh, wild card game. And then you'll have the Giants playing the winner of the other wild card game, which could be the Dodgers. It could be the best series in all in the whole postseason, featuring the two best teams with the best records. So, baseball playoffs are awesome. Even though the Phils are not in it, I love this shit. I cannot wait to watch it. There's nothing like the postseason, man. In any of these sports, baseball is included, and I love. I just love the intensity of playoff baseball. Everything being on the line, and the seemingly slow game is just way more intense and. Gotta, especially if your team's in, you got to be locked in for three hours, th- four hours sometimes. Hockey h- hockey is a different level too because, you know, just playoffs are just different, man. These guys bring a different level of competitiveness and effort and just they're just better. Some guys, their games raise and just it's a storybook. It's the greatest reality show on television and it continues to play out on a daily basis out there. And I'm honored to have a podcast and sit here and talk about it. I mean, anyone can have one. And I'm honored that you listened to this. Let's quickly and let's wrap this up, though. I did not want to keep you guys waiting all along. I did want to, you know, ha- have a clip today. 
did want to talk about, I'm going to start and stop this clip because I do want to start, you know, I want to talk about what Embiid said about Simmons and how, you know, the team was kind of built around him for many years and just he kind of started to open up a little bit more about the things that were bothering him or just the, the things that bother him about what's being said in the media and how this is being portrayed and what they're talking, what people are saying about him, honestly. Not only him, but Ben Simmons as well and how he you know, obviously believes that Ben Simmons is camp and his, him, maybe himself is throwing this out there saying that that he it, it's only better for him to get away from Embiid and his game doesn't match up with Embiid's, which we all kind of said from the beginning. But after all the different excuses that he's used and they haven't worked and no one, no one in the NBA or in Philly or anywhere is on his side or thinks he's right in this in this situation. So that just goes to show. I should tell him that you know, I don't know what he can do. I, I, obviously, he's not a guy that's ever going to admit he's wrong and whatnot. So, so nothing's going to change on that front. So, I, we, you know, I'm not going to continue to beat a dead horse. We will move on as much as we can until this is over. The Sixers played a preseason game last night, but who cares? Uh, let's let's get into the clip. This is taken from someone asked him at practice about the report that I just labeled about Simmons not being able to play with Embiid and their games not matching up. It is disappointing, but I feel like, you know, over the years, um, the way team, our team has been built around. Like, you look at last year, you got the whole starting lineup shot. I was the world's uh, three-point shooter on the starting line. There you go. We're all- Already making sense, you know. He's saying uh, everyone in the lineup could shoot threes. I was basically the worst person in the lineup that could shoot threes, and you don't shoot them at all. So we, we, you know, we're all trying to help you out. You're, you know, you're the spacing guy. You're gonna find us open. We, we are help. We're helping you out as much as we can. Jumping, I shot percent from three. We, we've always had shooters, and I feel like. I can't really play with anybody, and I can make, you know. See, that, and he's right. I do feel like he couldn't pretty much play with anyone. He's the one who has, and that's that's what he, he'll continue to probably talk about in this. I don't know if it's necessarily this clip, but I'm pretty sure he says it. Like, I, I've continued to grow my game and build my game around the strengths and weaknesses of Ben Simmons. You, you know, we're out here shooting threes for you, like, Obviously, I I I don't think anyone loves when Embiid's shooting threes, but but he's not like te- like he's not horrible at it. And like you said, like he still shot. I mean, thirty eight percent's not the greatest uh, percentage, but it's still pretty good for a fucking big man. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like I'm talking in circles here. So let's we'll go back to the clip. Anybody, you know, uh, be better on the court, uh, but I don't necessarily need shooters. But I feel like over the years. You know, you look at, you know, when we saw out, it's because we needed a stretch five uh, just to make sure that, you know, that was for them. And I- That's a fact, too. I mean, they needed, they the whole, not only could it give Embiid some rest, that was like the big thing. You, you didn't spend the $30 million on a backup center, though. He was supposed to play next to Embiid, shoot the ball from deep, and help, you know, fill the gap, you know, trying to kind of not fill the gap, but bridge the gap that was created by the fact that your point guard is unwilling to attempt a, a jump shot or a any sort of shot in an NBA game. So, facts. You 
you know, most of my career I've had to kind of, you know, step out to the three-point line point of view, which I don't mind. You know, I like to be, um, you know, a basketball player. I like. Yeah, no, that's a fact too. He's what he's saying. He's not complaining. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I love shooting the ball, but let's not act like you, you know I haven't tried to help you out, buddy. Do everything on the on the basketball court, but I feel like our teams I've been viewed whether it's the shooting needed, the stretch five, and all that stuff. I feel like he's always had it uh, here, and which which is a fact. He has always had it here. If he was ever able to or willing to buy in or give a little bit of himself to this organization and team, then yeah, he, he would see you know reap the, the rewards and the benefits of having all those shooters and yeah, I, I just feel like fuck this guy, man. You guys set, you know, like I said, one of the best three-point shooters ever, Danny Green. Tobias is a 40% three-point shooter. Furkan coming off the bench. My time shake. I think he can be a better shooter, but, you know, he can get hot. Uh, <laughs> I love how he just <laughs> slanders Shake in there. Like, yeah, you know, he still <laughs> always, like, has a secret beef with Shake. Like, yeah, he's a good shooter. I just think he can be better, though. It's... He, you know, when he throws in the ball, he's like, fuck, please don't shoot it. Uh, we just added George. So I feel like, you know, teams I've all, uh, our teams have always been built to want these needs. Uh, so Absolutely. So it's kind of surprising to see, you know, what we say that even going back to, uh, I mean, the reason we signed out is, you know, we got rid of Jimmy, which. All right, here we go. A little mention of Jimmy Butler. There's, oh, we've always talked about this. How Ben might have been the reason he didn't, you know, it didn't match up with him. Simmons didn't want to play with him. He was, you know, not only was he the alpha male sort of thing, but he's going to be the guy that's going to say, hey, man, this shit, the shit you're doing ain't working. We can't play like this. You know, I want the ball a little bit more, man. I got to bring the ball up. You're not doing shit with it. You're fucking hurting the team, dude. You're just kind of sitting there dribbling the clock out trying to run the offense, which... Simmons is a, a very smart guy. He knows where the ball needs to be, but I, that's the difference, though. I I know he's a high IQ player. He's just not willing to do what it takes. Simple as that, and that that's where it ends in, in my mind. That's where the conversation's over. I said thank you was a mistake. Uh... There you go. Just letting everyone know that was a mistake in my mind. I wanted Jimmy Butler. I don't care what Ben what Ben wanted. I I knew I I knew what that want you know that it was going to make our team better. So. Just to make sure that, you know, we, he, he, want, he needed the ball in his hands and, you know, that's the decision that made, uh, but. And I still don't agree with it, okay? You know, none of us did. If, if it was, you know, I, I still think there was a lot to do with he wanted to go to Miami anyway, but I, there is, that just goes, that shines the light on the fact that maybe it wasn't as cut and dry as we thought it was. Maybe, you know, we were led to believe, or we wanted to believe that Jimmy Butler just left one of the the warm weather, go to Miami, play with Pat Riley. I'm sure there is an element of that. But Joel is letting you know that there was a decision made by the Philadelphia 76ers that they didn't want Jimmy Butler, basically. They didn't they didn't want to bring him back. I can't imagine the team we could have with Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and whatever we traded Simmons for at that time when his value was still at a at a at a at a, at a good level. Not at the level it is today. We can't move him now that we want to. So, uh, 
Yeah, like I said, it, it is surprising, uh, but... Yeah, it's definitely surprising, and... I just want to keep talking about Jimmy Butler, but... I'm really focused on the guys that are here. Uh, you know, uh, the situation is... It's weird, disappointing, uh, borderline kind of disrespectful to all the guys that are out here. Yeah, busting their ass, I think he goes on to say, and there's guys fighting for their jobs and will be greatly affected of whether he's here or not. And he kind of just let, lets, him, lets him know about that. Joel's hurt, man. Joel is hurt, and he's the one here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have his back. And he's right in this situation because Ben Simmons is, uh, we could talk about it a million times, he's just a prima donna. He wants nothing to do with the accountability or any of the blame for what happened last year. He wants to just continue to play basketball and, and make his money, go back to L.A., live his rock star lifestyle. That involves him sitting in this pool with million-dollar chains on. You know, I just don't think basketball is at the forefront. He doesn't want to win. He's not. I don't know if he's a competitive guy. I don't know if it really matters to him. All that stuff that we've said a million times. No, 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 it matters to him. He puts the work in. He does the I wouldn't say the bare minimum. He obviously works harder than the average person, I guess. What, whatever you want to say, but I feel like we just talk about it all the time. But it's it, hopefully it'll be over soon. Uh, glad I was able to bring bring the old clip in there. How do you how do you, how do you guys feel about that? But that'll wrap it up here for the hot take hot box. I don't want to waste any more of your time, folks. It has been a great episode for me. I hope it was a great episode for you. Hopefully we'll have something to talk about next week. We'll have a little bit. Of, uh, I'll I'll have a MMA podcast coming out on Wednesday. We'll talk about the UFC from this past weekend. We'll talk about the UFC coming up this weekend. Uh, the Fury Wilder coming up this weekend. So we'll have some picks, some thoughts, everything. We'll break it all down from start to finish. We'll break down what happened this past weekend, like I already said. And we might have another podcast later on in the week. I don't know if I'm able to. I'm able to score a guest. I might have someone on, but otherwise, I hope I I hope it all goes well here in in the Philadelphia tri-state area. I hope we can figure this out. Not not only with the Sixers, but with the Eagles, we can continue to grow. We don't we have a good showing down there in Carolina. Maybe maybe the Phil Phil's firing hitting coaches and stuff like that. So maybe that maybe the Phils will give us some news. Flyers will be starting soon, very very soon. So. The world, as the world spins, the Philadelphia sports world spins with it. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hot Box. Matt McSweeney, thank you for listening.